Arizona Sports. Kevin Durant. Watch. The latest on KD to the Suns with Burns and Gambo. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Thursday, we are the Burns and Gambo Show. John Gambadoro, Dave Burns, hanging out with you on this Thursday. Thank you for choosing us and listening to us wherever you might be. If you're at home or if you're driving around, leaving work, whatever the case may be, the Kevin Durant situation has become even more complicated with the potential additions of Boston as a place he might want to go, Philadelphia as a place that he might want to go, just the additions of multiple teams, I think. Starting uh, to wear on you a little bit or no? Oh, very much This so. has been since June 30th. Yeah, very Is much it so. starting yeah. to wear on you this? It's like, just get it over with. Even if he doesn't come here, I just I, want it I, over I with. I think uh, Ken Summers over at AZ Central wrote about Kevin Durant fatigue. I'm starting to get a little Kevin Durant fatigue. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, this, this thing is like you're still, like, he still wants to come here. But now there's a bunch of other teams involved. They've got better players to offer than you do, although you do have your picks to offer. So, you know, listen, I don't think the Suns are out of it. I'm still not going to say the Suns are out of it. I've not heard that the Suns are out of it, but I've always heard from the from the get-go that the every conversation that the Suns have had with them is like, you don't have enough to make a deal. To the point where, listen, there's a story out there that the Nets actually asked the Bolton, Boston Celtics for not only Jalen Brown, but Jason Tatum as well. Mm-hmm. They wanted, yeah, they wanted well, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Supposedly, when this whole thing first started, remember there were reports that the Brooklyn Nets said, yeah, we'll give you Kevin Durant for Devin, for Devin Booker. Booker. Well, it's like, right. okay, no, we're not giving you Devin Booker. Right. No, we're not giving you Jason Tatum. I mean, it's like, it's like come on. I mean, I, I get asking, you know, and, and seeing if they're going to tell you no, but you know they're going to say no to that. Just like you know they're going to say no to that. I saw that report. You had that in your email. I'm like, come on. Come on. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm getting fatigued by it. But, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, when the news broke of the meeting that he had with the owner in London, man, I just I got all juiced up for it. It all over again because I thought, oh, this is it. Because it this t- is it. It almost eliminated the fact that he's going to go back to the Nets. Yes. I still don't believe he's going to play for the Nets. Not if he asked for the coach to be fired and the GM to be fired. Seems very unlikely. I think it's un- I think it's highly unlikely. Seems very unlikely. So that was the one caveat there. Like, okay, the one thing I got out of that is, man, I don't think he's going to go back and play for the Nets. I will tell you though, the one thing that I didn't quite that I definitely underestimated the anti Kevin Durant stance that has permeated the league the last few days. It's been stronger than I thought. Yeah, like everybody's been like. Like, dude, come on. This is a joke. Are you kidding me? Kendrick just, Perkins. Just four months ago at a press conference, you were telling the world about how much you love Steve Nash and how it's not his how fault how you, you believe in him. How long ago did you sign a four-year deal for $198 million? A year to the day that the report got out that you met with the owner and demanded a trade, right? And you I, want out after you signed a four-year contract for $190-something million? Bucks? I wasn't expecting people around the league almost unanimously to be like, come on, dude, this is a joke. You're a joke. You, you can't do this. This is such a bad look for you. The point where I think, and I, I've, I, you know, I, I'm not, I don't get a ton of tweets like you do, but I've even gotten a few messages from people who have said, I don't know if I want this guy anymore. I mean, this has been a really bad looking week for Kevin Durant. He has looked bad this week. He has been made to look like a, like a, complete- you think that, a, you think that, a, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by this. You think some people have been turned off by him enough to say, just forget it? 
I think there have been a few, yes. You can have Kevin Durant on your team. I think there have been a few. Not a lot. I've I've heard from a couple. I don't want to make it sound like a lot. I've heard from a couple of listeners on Twitter who have said, you know, wow. I just I don't want this guy anymore. This is too much. That could be a good poll question. This is too like much. Like, you know, how many of you are so turned off by the Kevin Durant situation, you just don't want him anymore? Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think it'll be a lot. I still want him, but I'm also some people. I, but you, but I, I, I don't I, know. You might I, be right. Maybe there are more people out there that, that are like. Has, to it, get has it turned you off at all? I mean, has, has it given you? A I, pause? I've got the fatigue. The, I got the Kevin Durant fatigue, like everybody else. Like, okay, come on, man. It's been June, since June thirtieth. Like, you know, I had to work on my vacation a lot with, with this stuff. So, like, I want this to be over. I do. I want this to be over. But just the thought of Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, and Kevin Durant playing on the same team. It's like, okay, so if I if you have to suffer through a few more weeks of this stuff, in the end, it might be worth it. Yeah. Like, in the end, it might be worth it, because you're going to go to a game in which Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and DeAndre Ayton are all on the same team. I don't think, at least the people I've heard from, and again, not a lot, I don't think it's the Kevin Durant fatigue factor that makes them not want to go through this anymore. I think it's the Kevin Durant jerk factor, for lack of a better way of putting okay. it. You know, just the oh, God, he's done what this week? You know, like all the all the and, and the latest story, and I don't know if people will get all this turned off by it or not, but our buddy Mark Stein used to be work, used to work with the uh, New York Times, used to work with ESPN reported of a very unique contract structure for Kevin Durant this year. The, he asked for a trade on June 30th. He got paid $10.5 million the day after that. He he structured his contract in a way so that he would get basically an advance on his salary for the upcoming season. Most guys don't get paid until the season starts. How bad does that suck to have to pay the guy all that money after he just asked for a trade? It it, it just contributes to kind of the bad look that Kevin Durant has had the last week, the last month, really. And it, you and I both think, we talked about this earlier, you could look at this story and go, okay, is he is he giving himself like holdout insurance? Like he wanted to make sure he got paid because he knew he was going to hold out? Man, Kevin Durant's made $300 million in his career. It doesn't seem like he would need $10 million of his salary up front because he knew he was going to hold out and he wanted to make sure he had it in his bank account before he held out. That, that part to me doesn't make any sense, but it does speak to kind of this bigger picture of man, Kevin Durant, you know, you asked for a trade and then the 24 hours later you had $10.5 million wired to you by the team that you just asked for a trade from. It just kind of adds to the crappy look of it all. I think there are people that are rooting for the Nets. Because they hate the they hate oh, oh, the superstars' oh. ability to dictate exactly what's going to happen, and there are people that are rooting for them. You know what? I hope the Nets keep them and make them suffer and have to play for them. There are tons of people that want that. I think everybody who doesn't have skin in the game is rooting for the Nets. Yeah. You know what? Screw them. Screw keep you. Them. And I think if we didn't have skin in the game, we'd be rooting for the Nets. Yeah. But Let's see have- if they'll really walk away from a hundred ninety. $8 million or whatever it is. It's somewhere in the 190s. But we want to see Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and Yeah, and I know Kevin Philly Durant. wants to see Joel Embiid, James Harden, and, and, and Boston wants to see Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, and Kevin Durant. I get it. He's a great player. Yep. But man, there is a there is a lot of people out there that don't have skin in the game I, that, yeah, that would be like, you know what? I really hope the Nets stick it to him. I really, because they're tired of the superstars dictating things. Now, a lot of it's done behind the scenes. This one is 
just so public that like and but this is the way this is the way it, it works. This is the way of the world in the NBA with superstars. Yeah, I, I I think the majority of every fan base that doesn't have skin in the game is like, screw it, man. The Nets should just keep him and stick it to him. And, and I think it's I think it goes beyond. I think this one goes a little bit beyond this, the garden variety like superstar asking for a trade for two reasons. Number one, because the dude just signed a four year two hundred million dollar contract with that team. It hasn't even what well, has now, but it hadn't even started yet, right? Like you just signed the contract with them a year ago for two hundred million dollars. That's number one, and then number two, the way he pushed Sean Marks and Steve Nash under the bus. Whereas three months ago he was telling the whole world, "Oh man, Steve Not Nash, fault. I got a lot to deal I, with. Yeah, I've got his back. He's he mm. knows what he's doing. We're fine." I think those two things have combined for a lot of people to say, "Absolutely, you go, Brooklyn Nets, keep him. Don't give in to him. Don't give in to that little crybaby superstar who wants to dictate hate- where he goes." How hated is the team going to be that ends up with Kevin Durant? Oh. If he comes How here, hated is if, that team? Whatever team if, he goes, if to. He, let's let's say it's here. Okay, we have to be ready for that. We'll be the most hated yes, team in the league. We have to be. Bickley's been talking about this a lot lately. Has he? You have to be ready to be despised. We will be despised. If we're the team that gets him, yeah, oh yeah, because anybody, I'm oh, thinking yeah. whoever gets Anything, him, whoever gets him is going to be hated. Like, oh my god, we've got to be ready root for that. Yeah, not root for Kevin Durant. I can't root for that team. We've got to be ready for that here. I hope they lose. I hope they get beat in the first round. How great would it be if Kevin Durant forces his way out, goes somewhere, and they get beat in the first round of the playoffs? Yep. That's going to be us. That's going to be us. If the Phoenix Suns get him, we've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. Now you can subscribe right now on your iPhone or your Android, and we promise you're not going to miss any of the shows. The Burns and Gambo. Show podcast is brought to you by Carol Royce Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to carolhasthebuyers.com. That's carolhasthebuyers.com. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, preseason game number one tomorrow for the Arizona Cardinals. What are we going to be watching for? What are we looking for? We'll talk about it coming up. Burns and Gambo. Camp Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Sold and Kona Brewing. Burns and Gambo on 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. I hate to break it to everybody. Yeah. We're not going to be on the air tomorrow. What? I know. Uh, what if Kevin Durant gets traded to the Suns tomorrow? <laughs> Don't. What if we get straight into the sun? Don't. Nick Sorley back to pass. <laughs> he hits Dorch. We have Cardinals preseason action tomorrow. And what you have just described, if we're being honest about it, is kind of a nightmare. Mm. You know, I mean, hey, nothing against hey, nudes. nothing against preseason football, but but I'm sure I'm sure our bosses right now are very much hoping Kevin Durant does not get traded to the Phoenix Suns anytime tomorrow. Well, if he did, he'd be able to do a quick press conference. Say twelve thirty and seven thirty. If we could just avoid twelve thirty to seven thirty tomorrow. When it comes to a Kevin Durant trade, we would all appreciate it. Thank you very much, because that wouldn't really help at yeah. all. Um, yeah, we have Cardinals preseason action tomorrow. Their first game of the year against the Bengals uh, starts at 4.30, and the pregame show just knocks us right off the air. So we'll be back on Monday. So today's our last show of the week, um, which means this is our kind of last opportunity to preview this game. Now, look, I, I'm not a huge fan of preseason football. Neither are you. It's necessary. It's It's a, you know... 
been part of the money making machine that is the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. They're they're looking at they sell tickets to these things just like they do for the other ones, and there is, as far as the starters go, very little reason to you know have this game tomorrow. Hardly any of them are going to play, but that doesn't mean there aren't things that we're going to be watching for tomorrow night, and there are things that I'm very definitely going to be watching for in tomorrow's game. We covered a lot of them in the poll that Eric put together. You know, Benjamin and the running back. Sure. The offensive linemen, the two tackles, one of whom will be the backup swing tackle to DJ Humphreys and Kelvin Beecham. Certainly the pass rushers. Dennis Gardeck is one of the few starters who's going to play in this game. And then even when he's out, Cameron Thomas, Myjay Sanders, uh, the cornerback situation with Marco Wilson. There's a there's actually a ton to kind of keep an eye on tomorrow night in the game as it relates to some of those positions that aren't covered by great starters right now. Yeah, there's no question that, you know, especially that, that running back sp- uh, competition between Williams and Benjamin for the number two spot is legit. It's, it's real. Like, it's not prefabricated. It's not made up. Like, there's a real competition there for Eno Benjamin to maybe take the number two running back spot, even though they went out and they added a free agent who had over a 1,000 yards combined rushing and receiving last year for Kansas City and is a, is a proven guy that's done it. But what I've heard is that, you know, uh, Darrell Williams has been steady. He's very versatile. He's a steady guy. But Eno, you know, Eno has been, you know, electric for them. Like, they're really excited about what Eno has done and that he's like their best natural runner with burst. Like he he has given them, and I'll tell you exactly what I, what I heard about him, that he's the most dynamic, explosive, natural runner they have, where Darrell Williams is not a flashy guy, just, you know, real versatile in the run game and pass game, steady, consistent, but Eno is dynamic. So I think we are going to look forward to that running back competition over the next couple yeah, of years. Yeah, I am, and I, it matters. And I'll tell you the reason why it matters is because of the number 159. 159 touches. That's how many Chase Edmonds had last year, and he's not here anymore. And Cliff Kingsbury has said time and time again that James Conner is better when James Conner has like a plan B out there, right? When he has another guy that he can share touches with. And that, you know, and I'm, I'm sure James Conner wants as many touches as he can get. He's already on record as saying that. James Conner's a better football player when he's sharing touches out there, when, when he's you know, splitting him with another guy. Chase Edmonds in 12 games last year last year got 159 touches. It matters who the number two running back is. And look, when they got Daryl Williams, I assumed he was going to be the guy. He had the pedigree. He had a thousand yards from scrimmage a year ago with Kansas City. If Eno can come and take that job from him, it's going to happen in camp and it's going to happen in games like tomorrow night. Sure. It's a big moment for him. Yeah, the cornerback spot. We'll watch it closely, but you know, knowing full well that there's they're going to make that thing up, right? They're going to add a player. I fully expect that they will trade for a cornerback at some time. They brought a bunch of guys in. They've worked some guys out. They're not real gung-ho on any of them, so I still think that the best way to get a cornerback is going to be via the trade. The other thing, I mean, there, there are a bunch of things to watch. I think the Josh Jones, Josh Miles, uh, they've, they've Kugler yeah. went on record a week ago and said, man, we want to leave those guys on an island in preseason and just see how they do. Just because one of them is going to be the backup swing tackle to DJ Humphreys and Kelvin Beach. Josh Jones. Probably Josh Jones, but... But you give Miles an opportunity to see if I, he can take it from I mean, him. look, Josh Jones. Okay, I know they want him to be a tackle. He has not taken a lot of snaps at tackle in his Cardinals career so far. They tried to put him at guard, but I think they feel he's better suited at tackle. I still feel like he's going to be a starting tackle. Now, listen, it's a big year for him because you can walk away from Kelvin Beecham if he plays well. 
Like Beecham's yes, been really good for them, but he's like 33 years old. Like you can, you know, if you have him, then you've got your two tackles for next year, and you're in good shape. And that's why I think this preseason matters for those two because if Josh Miles outplays Josh Jones during the preseason, then we're having a conversation, right? Then we're having a conversation about whether Josh Jones really can take over for Gelvin Beecham or not if he gets outplayed in the preseason by Josh Miles. That's something worth watching. The pass rushing situation. There are three starters who are projected starters who are going to play tomorrow. Marco Wilson at corner. We talked about the cornerback situation a yeah. moment ago. Um, Zavin Collins, obviously an inside linebacker. He needs all the work he can get, all the reps he can get. Dennis Gardeck is the other. Now, he's coming off the ACL injury. A lot of people are counting on him to kind of provide that pass rush from the other side of the field opposite Marcus Golden. Between him getting some reps tomorrow and then the two youngsters, Majay Sanders and Cameron Thomas, that to me maybe is one of the most important things to watch tomorrow night. How does the the early returns on the pass rush, where it's coming from and who it's who's providing it, I think is a big story tomorrow night. Huge story. Probably the big I think the biggest is can those guys generate a pass rush. Now, I don't know. Cincinnati upgraded their offensive line tremendously. I don't know how many of those guys are going to play, you know, in the game, but they did like they put a lot of money and resources into upgrading the offensive line because that was their weak link last year. Probably cost them a Super Bowl, but it's a much better offensive line now, so we'll be interested to see you know how many reps those guys get, and if Sanders and Thomas can can get some kind of you know penetration up front against them. Of course, no Kyler, no, I mean, just about most of the starters aren't right. going to play. Right. Um, I don't think we're expecting you know, if Kyler plays a down in this preseason, I'd be surprised. Genuinely surprised if he plays even a down. I, I don't think he will. And you know, part of that comes from, I want to read you this there was um, Albert Breer who I like quite a bit I think he does do I think he does good work he was putting together his kind of camp observations based off of the Cardinals and, and sort of what he saw I'm going to skip ahead to number five okay. All right. he wrote about Rondell Moore he wrote about Jalen Thompson and how the staff loves him sees him as just as valuable as Buda Baker Dennis Gardeck he mentioned I'm going to skip to number five one team that's visible in the team's effort to avoid another late season collapse is how coach Cliff Kingsbury is managing older vets, giving them days off and trying to ensure they'll be as physically fresh for the grind of a 17 game season as possible. Now, Kyler obviously isn't an older vet, but given the way this team has faded the last couple of years, I wonder if Cliff is being extra cautious on how much he's using guys in August, knowing August doesn't matter at all for these guys. I mean, you got to change it up a little bit, right? Yes, I mean, you've got to figure do. out what can I do and not just when you get to November. What can you do now in August that may affect the way you play down the stretch in the second half of the season? Yeah. Not not, let, not wait till November. Hey, let's do things different. In a, no, what can you do different now that may change to that? To the point where not only is Kyler probably not playing in these games, or at least he might not play in these games, he's barely practiced. We're, what, two weeks into camp? I think he's thrown the football for two practices. I mean, I know he had COVID. Right. I know he missed some games. Bringing him along slowly. But even in the practices, they're bringing him along so very slowly. And I do think a lot of that is by design. When we come back, there are quite a few former Sun Devils across the country. And they are playing for some very high, prominent college football teams. How does that affect how we watch college football this fall? We'll talk about it next year on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
Tuesday afternoon, going into the evening here on the Burns and Gambo Show. He's Sean Gambadoro. I'm Dave Burns. Thank you, as always, for hanging out with us here on this Thursday. No show for us tomorrow. Cardinals preseason action, and uh, we'll be back with you on Monday at straight up 2 o'clock, and we'll be talking about the Cardinals, and I'm sure updating you with the latest on Kevin Durant when news comes down, when we hear anything about what might be going on. Speaking of Kevin Durant, um, a new wrinkle to this that I know you wanted to pass along yeah, to everybody yeah. just with, from within the last couple of minutes yeah. here. Listen, I'm hearing, and, and take it for what it's worth, okay? I'm hearing that Kevin Durant is expected to be in the Valley tonight. Now, again, I have no, it could be from a hundred reasons. He obviously can't meet with the Suns. He's on the contract with another team. So I will say this. I've, I have heard that he's expected to be in the Valley tonight, arriving, you know, later tonight. Um, but I have no reason as to why he's here. And I would, and I have heard nothing about like him and the Suns because obviously he can't meet with the Suns. Like he can't, you know, come in and meet with them. Um, so he can, you know, hang out with players and stuff like that if they're here. He could probably even go to a gym and play with guys, but you know, I, I have heard nothing about um, oh, listen, he's gonna, you know, uh, something's gonna get done, and that's why he's coming here. I've heard nothing like that, just that he's coming here. Hmm. What do you, take it for what it's worth, yeah. because I don't know what it means, but I've heard so maybe somebody get a picture of him in the airport tonight. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere around 7 o'clock, 7.30 you'll you start see seeing a tall skinny guy and pictures of Kevin Durant somewhere in, in uh, Old Town circulating on social media, and I'm sure that'll... Uh, yeah, no, I, I, that's that's all I've heard. I don't want to go any further than that. I just heard that he is expected to be in the Valley tonight. Yep, and, and he can't. Can't meet with the Suns. can't meet with the Suns. No. He's not allowed to meet with the Suns. Nope. Uh, could he hang out with a player? Yeah, he could, but he can't meet with the Suns. He's not allowed to do that. So we'll see. I'll be curious to see if anybody tweets out a photo or if anything circulates on that. Yeah, it's, I'm not even going to put it on Twitter because it's just going to ramp up all the speculation, and I don't have anything outside of I've heard he's going to be here tonight. So I'm not even going to tweet it out, but I'm just saying I've heard he's going to be here. I mean, I don't know the reason why. If I had something related to the Suns, then I would like say, okay, here's here's more. But I I just don't. The only thing I've heard is that he's coming here. Okay, that's fair. Interesting, interesting little tidbit seed that uh, got planted right there. So we'll keep an eye on that and see what happens. All right. So um, college football, we're still a few weeks away, and uh, the, we we went through this. With ASU and Remy Martin. Remy Martin won a national championship with Kansas. And during March Madness, I remember we had multiple conversations about whether or not we're rooting for Remy Martin, whether we're supporting him. And I think at the time, what we ultimately decided was, you know what, why not? He was a good Sun Devil. He left. He went to Kansas. You know, am I sitting there cheering for Rock Chalk Jayhawk? No. But am I going to root against him? I'm going to be pissed if he wins a championship? No, I'm not. It's fine. Good on him. The opportunity this year to be able to tune in and see former Sun Devil players at high-profile college programs around the country. That's high-profile. And they are high-profile. Man, it is going to be every Saturday you tune in a game and you're going to have a chance to see you know, a Chip Trainum. You're going to have a chance to see Ricky Pearsall. You're going to have a chance to see Jaden Daniels in LSU. L.B. Bunkley Shelton at Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, just the Aaron Gentry with USC, I mean, high-profile programs that basically came in with their NIL money and took these Sun Devils away. 
How are we going to watch these guys? This is uh, it's very interesting. The twenty five most important players in college football's playoff race, and they list one of them as Jaden Daniels with LSU, and says LSU's probably not going to contend for the SEC West, but with the Tigers over with with the overall athleticism and Daniels' unique improv skills, they could beat any single team on the schedule if he wins the job. He's in a battle right now, four way battle to become Brian Kelly's first starter at LSU. But with Jaden Daniels, it's real interesting because, like, to me, I thought he had the potential to be the next great ASU quarterback. And there's been a lot of really good ones. But when he got here, you're like, I really thought that he was going to be the next great ASU quarterback. It didn't work out. He flopped. And and he wasn't very good. The last two years, he wasn't very good. It didn't seem like his teammates liked him very much. He ends up transferring. He goes to LSU. The interesting thing to me is, if he's good, if he's really good, is that more a reflection that ASU didn't develop him properly and they had this incredible talent and they blew it? That's the thing I think about. You know, if he goes there and he's bad, I think he just proves a lot of us right. Like, hey, told me told you wasn't any good. That's not a big loss for ASU. The kid was no good. Last yeah. two years he wasn't any good. He's too skinny, he didn't throw the ball. But if he goes there and he's good and LSU wins some big games and he's talked about a whole lot, do you look at ASU and say, Man, they really missed the boat on developing that? I kid. wouldn't have before. Now that you bring it up, I will now. You know, yeah. Like I'm looking at it in a brand new way, which because usually, look, look, we've we've all been through this before. You know, you, you feel jilted. You feel like, oh, he left us. I'm not rooting for that guy. I I, I hope he fails at LSU. I hope he. I'm not rooting for him. How could you leave us here? How could you do this to us? I mean, look, he had three different offensive coordinators in three years. Now, some of it, the scandal part of it was he, 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 allegedly his own responsibility, given the involvement of his mother and the plane tickets and all of that stuff. Right. So th- there's there's that factor in this too but let's be honest can we can we blame a lot of these kids for wanting to leave they got a lot of money no. money which they're allowed to do they left a situation that's just toxic exploding. it's toxic it's it's i don't you don't I, fault the kids for leaving I, I don't even know if we're in a situation where we can blame these kids for wanting out and getting paid for getting out you know so am i going to root for Jaden daniels every night no but will I watch Jaden Daniels, and if he succeeds, I'll think to myself, man, ASU had their all-everything quarterback, and they screwed it up? Yeah, I might think that a little bit. The other guy on this list is Eric Gentry, Eric Gentry is on this list. And Eric Gentry, the linebacker, I mean, this kid only had one offer besides ASU. That was Temple. He was a two-star recruit. Comes to ASU. They turn him into something. Now, they developed him. They developed him into a great player, and now he's going to be part of that Trojans defense. Everybody's talking about the USC offense, but Eric Gentry's listed as the 11th most important transfer in college football wow. to try to steady that USC defense because they're really loaded offensively. So uh, I'm real curious about you know seeing him and how that works out. Now, a little bit different, like you mentioned, because it's, he's not going to LSU. He's going to a rival in USC. Yeah, and that's no fun. But at the same time, if, we're, if we've kind of just gotten to this position where we get it, we understand why these guys are leaving, and it's, it's not just those two. I mean, those two are are the ones that we're focused on the most, but as as we mentioned, there are so many others. There's Ricky Pierce, all the Florida. That's high profile. There's Chip Trainum in Ohio State. That's high profile. There's uh, L.V. Bunkley Shelton. Um, that's high profile. In Oklahoma. That's high profile. These are these are programs that are on 
high-profile spots every Saturday. You're, you're going to see these kids, right? And it's just going to be a further reminder of, of why they left, how they left, the state of your program. You know, I, I, I don't know. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. We, neither one of us really sees a path for ASU this year under Herm Edwards to do anything beyond what's expected of them, right? Yeah, win two of your three non-conference games, win two other games, and walk away with four or five wins. Like, nobody thinks they've even got the potential to surprise a little bit. We're expecting them to be bad, and we have a hard time envisioning them doing something to surprise us, you know? Like, oh, man, they won eight games this year. They won nine games this year. What a pleasant surprise that that was. That would be remarkable if they do. It would be... One of the most stunning yeah. things we've seen. This talent. I mean, they, and they look. They did bring in transfers. We talked about all the the places that kid. They brought in a kid from Miami, a kid from Florida. I got a good running back out of out of uh, Wyoming. So um, they they lost the transfer battle. Obviously, they they had more talent that left than talent that came in. And it's a revolving door of you know coordinators and coaches and things like that. That's a that's a problem area for them. And with the investigation and going on and everything like that. But these kids might have that us-against-the-world mentality. You just don't know how, how teams are going to respond when they feel like it is. It's us-against-the-world. Let's rally together and win some football games. If you know a high school student who has great character, we want to hear about them. We want to hear how they make an impact on our community. Text the word CHARACTER to 620-620. Share their story. Now, what's in it for them? A $10,000 scholarship from Parker & Sons and Arizona Sports. So text CHARACTER to 620-620. Coming up next on the Burns & Gambo Show, Nikhil Harry, talking about former Sun Devils, his NFL career. Just when it might get off the ground, it's grounded yet again. That's coming up. Burns and Gambo. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo. What's on tonight? Tonight. All right, so you've got a lot of stuff that's already started. You've got this... Field of Dreams baseball game going on tonight, and I'm just pulling up the score. It's 4 nothing Cubs. They're in a mid-inning break right now. I was, we were watching it here in the studio. 4 nothing Cubs. They're playing right there at uh, Dyersville, Iowa, next to the movie set for Field of Dreams, which they so just cool. take it. Have you ever been there before? No. Oh, man. It, it is, it's pretty cool. I've been there twice, and it's... It's pretty cool. I can't like if you're if you love baseball and if you love baseball movies, it's pretty easy to nerd out over something like that. It, it's it's pretty it's pretty choice. And then two preseason games tonight. They're both either at halftime or near halftime. The Giants are beating the Patriots ten seven. The Titans are beating the Ravens ten seven. What? The Ravens are losing? Uh, it's only the second quarter. Come There's, on, I want them to win so that so the Cardinals can end that historic streak. There's plenty of time. Next week, Cardinals oh, Ravens. That's right. Well, let the Cardinals take them down. It didn't even occur to me that the Cardinals would have a chance to end that streak. This historic streak. They win tonight. It's 21 straight preseason games won yeah. by the Baltimore Ravens. The most useless streak. How, how old are you right now? Right now, yeah. I am 51 years old. The last time the Ravens lost a preseason game, you were 44. <laughs> you were 44 years old. I had a, I had a little less uh, salt in my pepper. 
the last yes. time the Ravens. Yeah, yeah a lot less salt in my pepper. Back in 2015. That's what's on tonight. Um, the games that we're going to watch locally, nobody's in action tonight. Diamondbacks have already played. Diamondbacks have already won. And so the games we're going to watch oh, tonight. There it is. See, that's the original field. We're looking at the, uh, the yeah, video. See, so that's, that's the original field. That's the movie set. Yep. And then, to the right. And then they've got the real the real stadium to the left. Yep. And it's I think it seats like 8,000, the real stadium. I mean, they're like... Cactus League stadiums that hold more than this place. I wouldn't. I just. I'm upset that they're going to turn it into this big, like you know, almost like amusement park thing. We're going to have all these fields here. They're going to build. They're going to turn that whole thing into a bunch of baseball fields and hotels and yep. come see it. And you know, it just takes away from what made it special. I think. To, to, to a certain extent, although I know you've been at Cooperstown, yeah, and so have I. And at Cooperstown, I, you know, they've they haven't done that. But one of the coolest things you can do for your kids if they play baseball or even softball they'll hold these tournaments in Cooperstown every summer right and the idea of going to play at a tournament in Cooperstown is really cool now you're not at the Hall of Fame but you're in Cooperstown if they do something like that at Dyersville I'm fine with it right like you, you want to hold little league tournaments there club ball tournaments there okay that's fine that's Take cool that beautiful area and just put a whole bunch of baseball fields there and turn it into a complex but but hotel I mean but Cooperstown's got a whole bunch of baseball fields around it right, and and I don't think that detracts from the experience of being there. If anything, it kind of adds to it. I don't want to see a bunch of high rise hotels. I'd hate to see that. I agree with that. I'd hate to see that. But anything that brings more baseball into that area would still be pretty cool. Look at it; it looks gorgeous. They're showing these overhead aerial shots. They've actually got the logos of the Cubs and the Reds cut into the corn. That's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I mean, this, I don't know how much longer this gimmick can last of having a game in Dyersville, Iowa, every year. Like I, it, I think they kind of want to do like you know how the NHL has the the outdoor game. Yeah, almost like the you know what can we do that's special? Well, that is an iconic film, which somehow Vince Murata hates the film. Have you heard that? Yeah, I have. How do you hate? How do you hate for him? Dream? It's just because it's got. Absolutely no basis in reality whatsoever. I think that's like the reason why he hates it is because it's just pure fantasy. Like, like you know, Vince, you build a Vince baseball field. Fantasy? Like you, you build a baseball field. The spirit of Shoeless Joe Jackson comes walking on your field, and at the end, you're reunited with your dead dad. Right. I, I mean, okay. well, isn't like, is it like ninety percent of movies based in not what not what's course. not reality? I mean, of, course, of course it is. Of course it is. He's just. I mean, name a movie. Well, like like the, like the majority of the movies you watch are, was Alien based on reality. <laughs> with Sigourney, with did Vinny like Alien? Halloween. I don't know. I mean, think of Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween. If we had time, honestly, I'd say let's call Vinny and find out why he doesn't like Field of Dreams. I don't. I don't know I the don't answer. It makes no I sense don't know the answer. I just the, the it's one... my favorite baseball movie. Ooh. That's my favorite baseball movie. Ooh. Is Field of Dreams? I like The Natural. That's my favorite baseball movie. I love The Natural. Okay, that's is that based in reality? He hits a he he has a magic bat. <laughs> Wonder <laughs> Boy, kid, Wonder Boy, <laughs> and he hits it off the lights and explodes. Come on, I, I can't. I I don't. You're asking me to defend Vinny. I I, I don't know. I, I just know what he's told me in the past. I think just the. But if Vinny gave me a list of his top ten favorite movies, that most of them are going to be not based in reality. Most of them are not going to be documentaries. I, I'm pretty sure you're right. Yeah, most of them are not going to be real. What's your life. favorite movie? My favorite movie? Yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark. 
Okay, that's not based in reality. No, I mean, there was an Ark of the Covenant in the Bible, but I, I don't know if the Nazis went chasing it back in 1942. Shawshank Redemption, right? We love Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, that was not, that was not. That's not, not real. That's not a true story. That's not real. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why Vinny doesn't like it. I love it. I, lo- I love it so much I've been to the movie site. Twice. Look, The Breakfast Club. That didn't happen. Well, that could have happened. But, but it didn't. It yeah. didn't happen. The idea of somebody, I mean, it probably happened to you. You were probably one of those five kids stuck in the library on Saturday detention for all the trouble I'm sure you got into at school. I was in detention quite a bit. I'm sure you I liked at-home suspension the best because then I didn't have to go to school. <laughs> I bet you did. I bet you did. What? I don't, I don't have to go to school? Yeah. How is that a punishment? I'm being punished. For, I, I don't have to go to school. I, I just won the lottery. I remember I, one time I. I'm not. I, I remember one time I had uh, at home suspension for three days, and I, my, I didn't even have to tell my parents about it because I pretended that I would leave the school and I'd be gone all day. And I'd just come back, and they didn't even know. I had to get up and like I had to get up and leave though, you know. Oh, you had to get up and pretend like yeah. you were going to school. Yeah. And then where did you go? I went to like uh, Joey Bacalas. Somebody's yeah, hung out with somebody who wasn't going to school that day, or something like that. Or it's probably fetus. <laughs> probably <laughs> Cambo's Cambo's friend from childhood has the nickname fetus. Fetus Bacala, T Bone, Frankie Peach, uh, Siga, Siga, Siga. I've never heard Siga. I've never heard you say Chris, Siga. Chris Tisigny. Oh, and you just called him Call Siga. Siga. Okay, yeah. I've never mm-hmm. heard you mention him before. Yeah. Not familiar with him. Um, He's on the group chat. So, one more time for yeah. the late arriving crowd. Um, we are not on the air tomorrow. We've got Cardinals preseason action tomorrow at uh, 4.30 kickoff. And so the pregame show just knocks us right off the air tomorrow. So that's it for us for this week. We yep. are out of here. The Big Red Rage is next. We'll see you Monday. Kevin Durant coming into town tonight. Take a picture of him in the airport. Have a good night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Oh.